Welcome to the MarketScale Scientific Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Kurt Palmer, and joining me today is Fergus Hayes, who is a PhD student at the University of Glasgow in Scotland and is involved in the LIGO Scientific Collaboration. Welcome, Fergus. Hi, Kurt. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you with us. And uh, as we get started here, maybe you could describe your role at the organization and a little bit of background about yourself. So, as you said, I'm a PhD student at Glasgow University, which affiliation to uh, LIGO, which is the Laser Interferometry Gravitational Wave Observatory. And we work there mostly on data analysis stuff. So we use the gravitational wave data to try and find out more about the information that it contains. I personally am interested in both using this gravitational wave data, what we can see with the gravitational wave detectors, and also what we can see with light, with, with not everyday light, but electromagnetic uh, waves as well as gravitational waves. So like my particular interest is in uh, the astrophysics of binary neutron stars and to try and use the gravitational waves that come from them alongside the, the electromagnetic waves in this form called gamma ray bursts to try and find out like what is actually happening in neutron star mergers. And for our audience that may not be as familiar, can you give a layperson's explanation or definition of a neutron star? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the neutron star is is the densest star in the universe that we that we that we know of. So when a, a star gets a, a normal star is massive enough, right? It uses its nuclear fusion in the core to kind of like push itself to keep itself above the gravitational pull that it also exerts, right? So it's like it's trying to fall in because it's so heavy, but the the burning fusion in the center pushes it out. Uh, this is a normal star, but when when that fuel runs out, then there's nothing to stop the the, the gravitation, uh, the gravitational pull from all the from how heavy it is from from collapsing in on itself, and that's what it does. So th this this is what happens, and supernovas are uh, the result of this. Do we know what supernovas are? Well, I, I would I would think it'd be helpful to uh, to help our audience on that as well. It's pretty much just the, the biggest explosion that in, in the universe where you have this uh, the massive stars that are too heavy and run out of fuel to keep themselves afloat and they just crash into themselves. And uh, yeah, there's, there's a massive explosion. We, we, we can see these things every day when we look out to the stars. But the, yeah, the interesting about neutron, thing about neutron stars is that uh, the, these are... These are stars that are so heavy that the the gravitational pull is so strong that the, the atoms that make up the star collapse as well. So the atoms are made of uh, positrons, oh sorry, uh, electrons and uh, protons, as we know. And when these stars are so heavy, the, even the atoms can't keep themselves together, and they 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 slam together to become neutrons. So that's why they're called neutron stars, because it's almost entirely made of neutrons, because it's just too heavy. If, if these stars were heavier still, though, they'd collapse into black holes. But, you know, that, that's a whole nother kettle of fish. Right. Uh, this is a very specialized... I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, sure. I, I, just, I just find these things just like... 
quite amazing. These things actually exist, you know. It's they 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 were only theorized, you know, for 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 so long, and we we only know that these things exist the past like fifty years. And I think it's pretty cool. What the coolest thing is when you have two of these. This is what I'm interested in. You have two of these stars, these dead stars, in close proximity to one another. And that is a perfect situation for binary neutron star merger. So these, these two dead stars start orbiting and spinning around one another. And slowly over like millions and millions of years, come closer and closer before they like smash together. And this is what we can see in gravitational wave detectors. So I, I don't know if you, did you ever hear about the, there was a gravitational wave discovery last year? I did not. Uh, maybe you can share that with us. Um, there was a, there was a major LIGO discovery last year. It occurred on the August the 17th. And that was when we first measured binary neutron star murders uh, gravitational wave signal, uh, which was a it was a killer moment in astronomy altogether as well, because not only did we measure the gravitational wave from the, the in the gravitational wave detectors for the first time for binary neutron stars, but we also managed to see the the light that it produced as well. And this is this is special in its own respect. The, the, I should talk about the light as well because the. The, the light from binary neutron stars is, is very special and it's probably the second coolest thing in astronomy after gravitational waves, <laughs> in my opinion. So have you ever heard of a gamma ray burst? Yes, that I have heard of. Yeah? Well, how much do you know about gamma ray bursts? Uh, not a lot. I've just, uh, <laughs> I've, I've seen it in uh, articles that I've, that I've poured over, but I don't know enough about it uh, to, yeah, to, be, sure. to be conversant. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, they're very cool. There's a very cool uh, story about how these things were discovered. So what they are, I'll, I'll say at first, is like these are the bursts of lights that you get from when two of these neutron stars smash together. Uh, it's very high energy lights. So not the everyday kind of light that we can see, but the it's of a very high frequency and we, you wouldn't be able to see it. In fact, like if we were in too close proximity to one of these binary neutron stars when they, they emit this this burst of light, then we'd be absolutely vaporized by it. It's uh it's actually it's actually what they think maybe wiped out like the dinosaurs and stuff like that. That it could have been a, a gamma ray burst. There's a cool story about how these things were discovered. They, they were actually discovered during the the Cold War. It was uh, either America or Russia were launching satellites, right, to try and see if the other country was doing something with with nuclear weapons. And they thought maybe they'd emit this high energy light. We'll be able to detect it in our satellite, right? And so they launched the satellite, and it's up there, looking around, and uh, they, they they get the the data back from it, and it's like, oh, good God, there's there's a a burst of these uh, high energy, the high energy light happening like every day, and it's not just happening in like a country; it's happening everywhere. And uh, this led to a lot of confusion. They, you know, people were thinking, "Oh man, we're we're under attack!" Like from from like every country or something like that. But then they they realized over time that this is the the, the burst of light. We're not actually coming from a country; 
but they were coming from space. And this is when we discovered that these, that it was astrophysical. And then we've worked out since then that this comes from when two of these dead stars smash into one another. And I'm we've sure got this. The military breathed a sigh of relief on all sides when they realized that. <laughs> yeah, the, the panic was real. The panic was real. So this but is a very specialized uh, type of uh, science that you're involved in, uh, Fergus. How did you get involved in this in the, in the first place? Sure. Uh, so I, I was an undergrad at the University of Glasgow as well. And I was originally working on, I was working on using uh, machine learning to try and recognize uh, gravitational wave signals. You, you've previously talked to uh, a colleague of mine, Hunter. He was, I think he's talked about that as well. Uh, so I was doing that uh, for a number of years. It, it, it got a good success, like um, this this year. And um, since then, I've been I was connected to uh, LIGO and the gravitational wave science. And it's it's funny, but I was while I was in my undergrad, all these discoveries that have happened in the past that was only a few years back. This past like five years, all the discoveries were happening then when I was studying and I was just like, you know, I need to get involved in this. This is what, this is where the, the fun is happening. And, uh, it sure is. There's a lot to, there's a lot to do, uh, gravitational wave science related these days, such a wide topic. Well, you talked about the recent discoveries of gravitational waves from two merging neutron stars. What other kinds of things are on the horizon or what sort of trends are there in this field relative to new science, new techniques, new discoveries? It's this, it's this connection between the, the light and the gravitational wave signal, the, the seeing, both seeing the uh, events such as the neutron star murders happening as well as measuring the gravitational waves. This is a, it was a big deal last year when we were able to do both at the same time. And this is going to be a trend that's that's going to uh, occur further in the future. Is this new kind of astronomy, if you can, if you can think about it that way, where we can both see what is happening with the light, and we can also kind of like hear what's happening with the gravitational waves, if that makes sense. It's like trying to, it's like having a secondary sense in your everyday life. If you if you're living life just as a a blind person, and then all of a sudden you could hear. That's the, the difference when using combining light and gravitational waves is because like for the past, ever since Galileo, like invented the telescope, we've been just using light just on its own to try and, uh, to try and see things, see things out there in space. But now that gravitational waves have come along, it's a game changer, but it's, it's the combination of the two that we will see in the future that will lead to further discovery. Like, learning so much more about the universe and such. So LIGO and such uh, gamma-ray bursts at telescopes like Fermi from NASA and Integral and, and such, they, they're working, trying to join together to try and make this kind of global network of observatories. You can all work in sync and, and, and know like where, where the events are and when they are happening in the sky and whatnot. So they can work together to try and get as much information out of each happening as possible. I would um, think this 
this field lends itself to the use of machine learning and artificial intelligence. Is that something that you're applying to the analysis of data and the projection of of future events that you've like the ones you've already witnessed and recorded? Hmm. Yeah. So ma machine learning is uh, is a great tool for for this kind of situation where if you want to have this this network this network of of observatories working together in sync then things need to be done fast they need to be done with without people behind the the scenes tweaking the buttons and such like that it all needs to be automated and so there's a great connection between getting this this global network running and to try and incorporate some um incorporate the latest of machine learning in there as well a lot of a lot of the the analysis needs to be done on the spot and that's the that's that'll be a key and you're there based in Scotland i imagine that there's collaboration with universities and other astrophysics institutions around the globe is that right oh yeah yeah we're the the whole uh study the whole collaboration just relies on like constant communication so there's a uh, there's a lot of uh, communicating in different hours of the day, you know, <laughs> trying to like uh, talk to people in different time zones and such. So, and a lot of travel involved as well, as you can probably imagine. Yes, I'm sure. Well, Fergus, we're coming to the end of our time. I want to just thank you for this really interesting information. I'm sure it's uh, a field that not a lot of people know about, but is really interesting, as you said, and, and has a cool factor to it as well. And uh, I just want to thank you for taking the time and, and visiting with us today. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries. 